0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. And today we have back with us again, David from The Greypreneur. Welcome, David. Hey, Eunice. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to have you back on because the last time we were talking about the aging worker, and I think that you've done a lot of like good work with The Greypreneur, right? So today I actually wanted to have you on to talk about how people who are over their 50s or 60s can actually think about entrepreneurship in a practical way because it is not often, you know, somebody in their 50s and 60s would think about entrepreneurship as a viable career path compared to somebody in their 20s and 30s where, you know, they're kind of being marketed entrepreneurship as a a career path.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, you, you're 100% right. And I think the difference is, is if, you, if you go back to sort of third-generational people, sort of, you know, like I'd say sort of 50 upwards, there were kind of two paths for you. One was you were going to go and work for someone, and that's more or less what your education was steering you towards. And, and often it would be quite biased towards the workforce demands quite locally to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. you know because that was how economies were being built at that at that stage versus working for yourself and being self-employed and that was deemed and, and sort of positioned almost like well if you can't get a job you can work for yourself mm. and and what we saw is a shift in viewpoint of of education where encouragement to continue in the education stream towards university was greatly enhanced mm-hmm. and the cost structure Changed and, you know, the opportunity was changed and the, and the amount of subject matter that uh, one could study also changed. So, you know, it became a much more viable approach. And we saw, and we still see today, a great amount of activity and conversation uh, with younger generations, probably 40s and under
2: Mm. may
1: have first encountered the idea of becoming an entrepreneur which is you know for some at the beginning would be working for yourself but it was I guess in a way marketed in a different way Mm. and positioned in a way and and you know over this last 10 years it's certainly become a very strong possibility and in fact for some the only direction that they wanted to go in terms of changing attitudes in generations towards you know corporate workmanship, if you like, or the journeyman approach to work that we see in some nations in in Asia. Mm. Um, took on a different position, you know where no, i I'm going to go and start my own company and I want to do this, or I've thought about doing this. And you know the dot com era brought the first burst of that. and certainly then you know when we moved from web two, it improved. And again, now we're at Web three, and you know we're seeing a huge variety of new businesses utilizing technology. Mm. to enhance different aspects of life. So, you know, opportunities abound. You know, the application and, and decision-making that's needed can differ. But for older people, particularly if they're considering, you know, moving out of the corporate world or they're finding that their pathways are now trimming down or coming to a stop, mm-hmm. and they're almost at a point where, you know, they're kind of almost waiting for the, the axe to fall or they've already been sadly retrenched. Mm. It isn't something that jumps top of mind because it's not been something that's been instilled from a young age. Yes. So there's a period of time that, you know, people will go through where the identity that they had or that they carried with them was very much attached to what they did. Mm. You know, I'm so-and-so or I work for such-and-such. Yes. And, um, you know, this is reflected in, you know, the the kind of loyalty that people have and had towards their employer, you know, sadly, we've seen a lot of that loyalty be diminished by the attitudes of companies over the years. Mm. And it's also changed generationally too. Now, you know, you know millennials and, and younger don't necessarily carry that view that I'm going to be loyal to you forever mm. and a day. I might just come and work for you for three, five years. Yep. And that's okay. I'm, I don't see it now being a problem for me only to be working for a company for that period. Whereas in the past, it was almost looked upon as like, well, well you were only there seven years. Well, you were only there five years.
2: Mm.
1: You know, this kind of approach was—you know—it was your your tenureship in a in a position was also part of the scaling of how people would look at you in terms of where you might go next. Yes, the older generations not short of ideas. Mm -hmm. Not short of passion, not short of drive in many cases Mm -hmm. and determination to want to continue to contribute. Mm. Once we unshackle them from the past to an extent, you know, what we're looking at is, you know, with greatpreneurs is to help them channel themselves into a purpose and and a business that would best suit their capabilities and the
2: character i'm sure we've all heard of people who you know say i'm i'm going to create a business doing x Mm.
1: oh gee how you had no experience in in this Mm. you know and some people may have not oh no but i really love i don't know baking cakes
2: yeah
1: well i I really love cakes but yeah but you've never baked a cake Mm. yes but i really love baking cake I'm going. To, I'm going to learn. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, but actually, you're a gregarious, outgoing person who needs the, you know, to be in in and around lots of people. So mm. that you know, your characteristics at that stage of life are pretty much set.
2: Mm. Yep.
1: It's not like you can form them or reform them. They are what they are. And so, a part of the journey is 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 helping people understand. What it is that they could potentially be successful in doing rather than my dream business or, you know, follow your passion. Well, your passion may be just that passion. Mm. You may love art, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good painter and still continue to love art. But probably no one's going to want to buy you paintings. (laughs) Maybe your passion in art could take you into a a way where you're selling art craft, paints, brushes, frames things of that nature you know you like to be with people you understand you know different materials because you've used them all you know you've been painting yourself for 20 years so it's a question of alignment it's not you know it's maybe not changing the destination in their mind about what they're thinking of doing but maybe changing just the route they might be taking to reach it you know and and all of this is there because you know older people have carrying different baggage at this point of life. You know, some of it we need and some of it we need to encourage them to, to let go mm. of. So we need to empty the cup a little bit so we can get a little bit more back in. Uh, it's kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I think you so, raised a good point there yeah. on like the what you said about unshackling the past, right? Because, you yeah. know, when it comes to a path like entrepreneurship, I think it requires a good understanding of self and like you said, that alignment right. part of it as well. Like Because entrepreneurship is not it's not an easy journey. It requires a certain level of self discipline. It requires that kind of drive to keep getting things across the line, as opposed to being a salaried worker, where you know there's more focus on even receiving a set of instructions and working in that confines. Right. It's, it's different from right. building your own business, where you're constantly need to think about how do you how do you make improvements every single day. Yes,
1: yeah, and, and you know, and some people, you know, later in life. Will find a cause or a purpose. You know, they've been involved in something outside of work, maybe that really holds their interest, and they've gained a lot of knowledge in it. So they have a knowledge base in it.
2: Mm.
1: And you know, I've had lots of conversations with older entrepreneurs who, you know, at the beginning they want to try and solve all the problems of that particular problem, all you know, all aspects of that problem. Mm-hmm. And it's the refining of that journey with them, which is interesting. They've got a great grasp of the problem. Mm. Amazing. You know, and they've come from a situation probably where they had all the resources. They had, where they had resources, and you know, they were able to, you know, do a lot of stuff because they had, you know, were in a big organization and they had people with them, and you know, there, there was a, a whole group of people, you know, moving the needle. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, when you're when you're out there as a startup, it could be you alone, or it could be you and your co-founder. Mm-hmm. And as a consequence, you know, you're not going to be able to solve all the problems. You're going to have to decide which parts of the problem are you going to to deal with first. Mm. You know, that's a part of it that is the difference that you see between um, younger entrepreneurs and older entrepreneurs. Entreprene- older entrepreneurs tend to come more with a problem mm. rather than the ones coming with, I've thought about this thing, this app, this whatever it is, and now I need to figure out how I can... You, you know, I've got an algorithm that can do this. Yeah, but well, great. Well, what does that mean? Yes. What problem are that going to solve?
0: Yeah, um, I think there's and, a difference between uh, that one people who, who yes. start businesses just because the, the idea of entrepreneurship is sexy versus, yeah. you know, feeling very yeah. deeply for a problem and not, not really caring if your face appears on, like, some cool magazine, right, saying that you're an entrepreneur, but they are more focused on, like, solving yeah. the problem and actually yeah, yeah, yeah. finding product market fit, getting, you know, building a business out of solving yeah. the problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, it, it's a it's a slightly different arrival point, mm. but you know it, it also has to be counterweighted with all of the other components of their life. Yep. So uh, we need to take them through through how they would deal with that and how they think about that in in Great Pruner program because we we want them to be engaged with their family in this. This is another big factor is is that you know they're spending their money more mm. often. Mm. In this startup, not someone else's money. Mm. They haven't really got parents that are going to give them money or uncles that are going to give them some money or whomever. You know, the family friends journey that Mm. a lot of younger entrepreneurs will go through when when they're looking to, you know, kickstart something. The whole fail fast approach doesn't really work for older people. Mm. That isn't the way that they've been trained. They've been trained in do all the groundwork. Before you, you know, step up rather than let's just launch it and see how it works and then, you know, iterate as we go. There's a little bit of that push-pull between wanting to make it the best it can be, you know, versus when's the right moment to, to launch something. Right. Yeah, And that's coming from a mindset of, you know, we couldn't afford to make mistakes. And that's actually a good thing when you're older. Hmm. You know, you can't make lots of mistakes because each mistake is going to cost you money. And it's going to be mostly your own money or Mm. or your family's money. Mm. There's a a slightly different cautionary approach. Um, And, you know, without sort of pouring cold water too, too much on what we see around us in terms of venture building, most of it's all geared towards tech companies and most of it's geared towards building a tech something or other. Mm. And again, this isn't really relevant for a majority of people in a third stage of life, entrepreneurship. There could be a, a myriad, a hundred different things that they could be doing, which are not even related. It doesn't mean that they won't use tech within that business
2: yeah.
1: or that they won't utilize tech to help them run that business. Mm. But it may just a tech tool or a, or an app or anything like this that they're, they're looking to build so again the, the instructional part about how they should be thinking about their business and, and how we take them through the the learning process which is all there to uh, do two main things really help them save time and help save money yeah it's it's not so much geared towards you know building an mvp and then trying it and getting you know getting users and all that there. Very much more likely to be associated to some real world something that they've become aware of or they've seen or they're involved with that they know is, is, is in need of, of support or help or to be solved.
0: Yeah, I think you raise a good point which is also something that I wanted to talk about because I think that's foundational when when somebody in the 50s and 60s are thinking about starting a business, right? Because they also need to think very clearly on what kind of business they want to build because there is that difference between, you know, what could be a lifestyle business, for example, like a laundromat business where, you know, it's it's more predictable. Versus yes. that kind of what you said, that kind of like high-tech company that is that needs to be yeah. venture funded and you need to return 10x. Then that would require very different kinds of capital and it requires a different profile of like team yeah. and founder and management team.
1: Yeah. And then there's two kind of bits of the pie or bits of the jigsaw puzzle that don't quite fit into the picture for mm. older entrepreneurs. One you've just touched upon, which is VC. Mm. of businesses aren't VC fundable. Mm, That's all we talk about. And it's even less remote when you come to talk to entrepreneurs starting businesses over 50 because Mm. of what you just said. It's likely in a number of cases, it's either going to be a purpose social driven business. Mm. Health is a lifestyle business because they're passionate about this particular aspect of, you know, social entrepreneurship or impact entrepreneurship. Um, they're not looking to potentially create the next unicorn. Mm. And as a consequence, to to talk to them about VC funding is wasted breath. Mm. And disconnecting for them as an audience, they're not as tolerant as maybe younger ones who are going to sit there and want to like you know suck all that in because they've never heard about it before. Maybe mm. older people, entrepreneurs, well, yeah, they've been around the block a few times. They've bought houses, sold houses, maybe even had a business. Mm. So they sort of know their way around the landscape a little better. Um, so on, on one hand they're less forgiving of time wasting
2: mm-hmm. which
1: to them that would be kind of time wasting
2: mm-hmm.
1: but at the same time they're incredibly coachable mm. because you know the passion which they tend to arrive with at the, at the beginning of their journey is, is, is quite intense so you can combine these two components together they tend to look to themselves first of how we're going to fund it so it might be family and friends so there's you know that then Laps over into the you know what kind of risk appetite they might have at the beginning um, you know so the fail fast doesn't work in terms of getting something up and running but it does definitely apply in the process you know of you know pivot persevere or whether you're using javin board or any other tool to to help validate the business then this is where they really, really sort of knuckle down and focus because they they know this is the point at which they need to try and make the best and wisest, you know, we're going to say best guesses, but but hopefully a bit more than a guess.
2: Mm.
0: And you mentioned a point earlier on that you know that a grey printer is likely to be using their own money or their family's money to be building a business as opposed to other people's money so for somebody yeah. who's starting out on this journey is there anything is, uh, would there be any kind of like um, recommendations with regards to the financial buffer that they have prior to starting out?
1: Yep part of the program is 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 a very personal one mm. knowing where to put the line in the sand.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I've I've been quite vocal about you know what happened to me um, in my last startup where I just let myself step over that line in the sand that I'd given myself. Mm. And just kept optimistic that we were it was going to I was going to be able to make it and we were going to pull the nose up mm. and you know, I ended up with $6 in the bank. Mm. And a very very unhappy wife and mm. um, because I'd allowed myself to step over the line so one of the component parts of it obviously it was it was in there before but it was magnified by, by my own experience it's very easy when you've been building a business for you know five years almost mm. yeah we'll, we'll get it we'll, we figured it out before we'll, we'll it'll it'll fall into place mm. um, but you know times are different almost every month times are different so mm. it, you know it didn't happen um, so the engagement and discussion with the family, you know, keeping that, that you know, reserve to, to best you know, support yourself for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Certainly in Singapore, the government have one of the best support networks and, and ecosystems of any nation, bar none, to help entrepreneurs get their new business off the ground. And there's a, a number of grants which are available. Yep. Both at government level and, you know, at some of the universities to help stimulate uh, the business. Now, you can't guarantee you're going to get them and you can't build a business thinking that's that, that you're only going to survive on you know getting grants. You know, at some point it needs to turn a dollar and, 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 and at some point in the not too distant future, start to turn a profit. Mm. But at least in terms of the infrastructure which exists, you know from es downwards, you know there are a, a number of aspects of governmental support which are there to encourage and take up a little bit of the the buffer at the beginning, a bit of the pressure and um, to have that that you know funding available. and it often comes with guidance support and you know um additional learnings of how to set your company up and you know how to do your founders agreements and things of this nature. There's often. You know, component parts of, particularly at the university level, mm. you know, SUSS being a good example, mm. um, where where those components are also part of the the teaching, yep. um, which is in place to to encourage people. So, calculating what you need to sort of keep the wheels. If it all fell flat, you know how how long can you survive? Well, you probably need to account between sort of four to six months, you know, funding to you know run your household. Obviously, part of the discussion when going into and, and the letting go of the past is, is a really kind of frank and formal discussion between the family members to make that decision and decide to you know maybe cut away some of the things that are, are nice to have but not ne- not necessaries if you like and not not necessities at this point point um, because the additional f- funds might not be available as they might have been in the past to mm. to cover these
0: got it. And for, you know, listeners who, you know, are in that age category and they're looking to start out their own business and find out more about Grey Printer, where can they, where can they find you and, and what other resources can, they, can you point them to?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're very fortunate that, that um, SUSS launched really the very first program focused on 50-year-olds and above you know, in terms of entrepreneurship. I'm very proud to have been a part of the formation of that Mm. With the team, and you know, we had our first initial program immersion program uh, back in November. Mm-hmm. Then now, very first sort of formal silver track, as it's called, starting in in mid February. Mm. I think it's now, currently the books are closed, but I would highly recommend people get in contact with the team at the entrepreneurial office at SUSS and um, to um, sign up or get information on the, on the next track or the next immersion program.
2: Mm. Um,
1: I, I, I'll, I'll still be still be working with them on that one and you know go to greatpreneur.life mm-hmm. more out about uh, the greatpreneur movement and sign up and and there's a couple of free uh, e-books which I've created to basically give people some guidance at this very you know critical point of you know I'm thinking about doing something but but what should I be thinking about Mm. It isn't a sort of, you know, how to build a business. It's much more about, you know, what to think about when you're thinking about building a business. Um, And and another booklet, which is specifically about utilising AI, which, or greatpreneurs is really a, a super weapon. You know, it's a sort of secret power that we can apply because we're able to overcome some of the technological shortcomings which older workers tended to face when working with computers in the past. And you can find me on LinkedIn. So, very easy to find David Ward FPL. You know, hit me up and and add me, and, you know, we can uh, certainly be be happy to talk and happy to help.
0: Cool. Appreciate you being on, David. Super, super useful. Thanks, David.
1: Right, Eunice. Look, take very good care of yourself. See you soon.
0: See you soon. Bye. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcasts at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at MissFitfy. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, Please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcast or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from Mediacorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios The Pod powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.